Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Revelation 21, 1 through 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to him, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have his heritage. And I will be his God. And he will be my son. Behold, I am making all things new. All things new. All things new. What a promise that is right out of Revelation 21. That's what the ending is going to feel and look like. Have you ever been challenged to feel like you're in between two worlds? This desired one and then the world you live in? Where we want to see kingdom come, Jesus, heaven. Oh, where is that? When is that happening? So we have this longing and this desire to see the pain go away, the tears be no more. And how do we reconcile that with our daily rhythm? It seems it's a little different, right? It's challenging. We're filled with pain. We're filled with tears. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13, we learn the Lord's Prayer. And it has some language about the ending that I think is uh, pretty interesting. It says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, in heaven, his position, seated, why aren't you present? Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there seems to be an interest into earth, and there seems to be this greater reality in heaven. And where do these two worlds collide? It's very challenging. Now give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts. And we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You see language of this great exalted one. God, you're amazing. We know the ending. We see it. You're perfect. You're amazing. But down here, it's challenging. We need heaven to come. We need you to provide. We need to remember that we need forgiveness. And then we need to forgive those. And then also, we need you to lead us because there's a battle all the time. There's darkness and then there's daylight, right? The sun goes down and then that's just, just like the rhythm of our life. Nighttime, daytime, darkness, light. I was listening to a book this week and the introduction is just all about the mankind uh, horrors that exist. And it talks about school shootings and global wars and the plagues that just constantly hit us, right? And, and media loves this. They eat this stuff up. Where if you find yourself concerned for a moment about one particular cause, oh, don't worry, because there's a new particular cause coming. 
There will be something that's inserted. Oh, it's a Las Vegas? Okay, now it's uh, North Korea. Oh, it's North Korea? Oh, now it's this uh, HN, you know, virus. It, oh, over here is here's what mosquitoes are doing in third world countries. Over, you know, you're just like, oh my goodness. You're just, ah, how, this is not all things new. Why is this so important? Because just one difference of placement of how we see our daily pattern, we sometimes forget that God is in the midst of it all, and there's a lot more good happening than bad. There truly is. I think of Lansing, there's 500-something thousand people in this region. There was like 10 homicides last year, and it's increasing. It's definitely something we need to be aware of. Lansing now is one of the most violent cities in the nation for a population under 200,000, dark. But also at the same time where there was 10 homicides, there was 500,000 people-ish in this region that weren't killed. What story are we gonna focus on? You know, just one letter can change everything. Check out these pictures. One little focus, one, just one iota can change everything. Just pull them up. Just let's go and go fast forward. So look, look at this. This is not the baby changing station. This is the baby hanging station. Okay, that's not good. We're not, I don't want to be there. Uh, continue. Okay, this is not, this is the new anus snack wrap. Come on, no, no. Who wrote that up there? Keep it going. Okay, this is not good. This CVS pharmacy is supposed to be the pharmacy, y'all. It's not the pharmacy. Oh, violators will be towed and fined 50 bucks. Yes. I want that one. Okay, they're now hiring smiling feces. What faces? One letter. It's a lot different. Let's just kind of pique our interest to say, this is kind of like our life all the time. One letter off, focusing on the wrong kingdom, darkness, given the wrong place for Satan all the time in our life because last time I checked, little children, 1 John 4 tells us this, you are from God. And overcame them, the false spirits of the world. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The power of focus will change everything. Whatever we feed the longest will become the strongest. It happens all the time. I notice in that moment when I was listening to the beginning of that book, and they're doing a great job of introducing the concept of how great Jesus is in this longing for a perfect kingdom. And so the contrast was the darkness of this world, and that was very good to get my attention. But what I started realizing was that was absolutely a snapshot of my day. I was so focused on all of the bad things that were happening, all the things that I didn't have, that I couldn't even enjoy the present moment. And I paused, and I said, forgive me, God. This is crazy. I'm sitting here thinking about all the problems in my life, problems in the world. I couldn't even stop and acknowledge all the great things that happened. And I just did this exercise in my car. I was saying, okay, no accidents I saw today. We are all driving on the right side of the road right now. This is incredible. I had several people shake my hand, look at me in the eyes, give me eye contact, smile with affection during that day. I had Amazon packages show up at my doorstep. I have a phone that I can Google anything and learn anything in any particular moment. I have children. We have a great marriage. This is incredible. 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 You know what happened in that moment? God got bigger. He was there the whole time, though. My focus started to change. It started to get stronger. The, the pattern started to 
adjust. Because we often in life, this is just so true, you find what you're looking for. You're shopping for a car, you see that car everywhere. Looking for a house, all you can think about. You're looking for bad, you'll find it. We can be professional treasure hunters for wickedness and darkness, or we can be professional treasure hunters for what God is doing in this planet all the time. And I think, this is why it's so important, I want to just lean in here and just go, picture, picture. We think that God is so interested in just the next life, we forget who's the ruler and the master of this life. Satan. We think, oh, he's, you know, this is all wicked. It's his, it's his, it's his. No. You ever lended somebody something and they checked it in? I don't know what your rule is. Is it 30 days? Now it's just check-in rights. You know, just, I'm checking that in. Okay, if you're not familiar with that verbiage, it means when you give somebody something or they even improperly take it for a moment and then they check it in and it becomes theirs, property of their house now. Well, it could be a shovel, it could be your favorite shirt, it could be whatever, and they just check that in. Now, Satan has checked in some property, but you know, it's not his. The whole premise of what God is doing is he's moving into the neighborhood. He wants to stay. He doesn't want to just save us from, but send us in. And if we have this idea, this theology, this study of God, that God doesn't care about the life today, we're always going to be running from the pains and the troubles and the worries and just get, get further away. God, please, please. But what he, a lot of times we're not heard because he wants us to just lean in and see the beauty and what's happening in those moments. In Acts 16, there's a powerful story that shows this so beautifully. Verse 16, it says, as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had the spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. To say the least, her profession is not one that is sent from the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. You'll see that language as you read the stories of Jesus through the gospels, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of God has said something like 60-something times in the Gospels. And then Matthew's Gospel says kingdom of heaven. Very specific language to the audience there to grab attention that, look, there's a ruler. There's a kingdom. There's a setting. There's a final destination. But today is very important because how does the kingdom come? We're always thinking it comes through rule, gain, fame, you name it. Oh, they won. Give them an interview. When God's kingdom comes small, it comes obscure, comes through the hidden areas of our life, and it comes on the inside of our hearts. And this is a kingdom that can't be taken. So she followed Paul and us crying out, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Here we are in an Easter season. This is us. We're proclaiming the way of salvation. It's a time of celebration to remember what Jesus has done, but also a time to just really, really increase the volume on our celebration of salvation and proclamation across the whole world, you know, the nations. I just keep it going. And she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, I love that part, turned and said to the spirit, the spirit, not the person. I think sometimes we forget we're not fighting with people. We're not fighting with your job. We're fighting with spirits. We don't want to fight these spirits on our own power. Said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. In the name of Paul, in the name of his profession, in the name of city life, 
in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. Really? Delivering people of demonic spirits that they've been oppressed by? Oh, no, it affected the pocketbook because she was out advocating for their business, fortune-telling about the other kingdom. And here they come in with this new kingdom, this all-things-new mindset, and they don't like it. When they easily could have converted in this moment and said, "Mm, we want the greater kingdom. We don't want to buy it now. And this is challenging because the gospel, it always, hear this, the gospel always calls us but it always comes with leaving something behind. I think this is where it gets, it gets very difficult. Well, I want the genie Jesus. Three wishes, right? I want, I want to get the greatest things I desire, but hold on to everything that is already mine. Why would we ever hold on to something that could rob us of the fullness of God? It's our sin nature. But if we remember where our focus is, greater is he that's in me, that's he than the world, and as we receive that love, things start to fall off. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd join in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. I don't know if you've ever been around a fight, but um, it, something about it, but it pulls you in. You know, you're like, whoa, what's going on? You know, UFC, whoa, 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 you know? It gets really intense. I remember being in high school, fight, 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 fight. You're in some of those moments. I remember me and my buddy, fight, fight. And we were sitting in the office after we fought. And uh, we were like, what are we mad about? And we were talking about that. I don't know. They said that you said you could beat me up. And I thought that you said that you could beat me up. And that was the premise of our fight. And then the crowd was like, fight, fight, fight. You guys, that's an illustration of what's in us all. It's so easy to watch somebody, oh, well, they would do that. Yeah, right. It's as simple as how we comment, how we see things, our daily, how we talk about our own life, how we think about our present jobs, our family. Fight, is it a, wait, is God on the throne or isn't he? So they all jump in and they all start whooping on Paul. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, if you're familiar with the story, this is powerful because it goes on that the, the jailer gets saved and then his family. But what is really cool is verse 25 and 26 of how this begins. We always focus on the fruit. Here's the result. Wait, what was the practice in the midst that provided this crazy response? Here's the practice. Here's the exercise. About midnight, after being beaten, whooped, for doing the right thing, we're praying, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. They were praying and singing after getting beaten and put in jail. They started to see it differently, didn't they? The darkness 
wasn't that dark. I mean, I'm not sure about you, but I'm prolific at a pity party. And the cool thing is, I know some of you, and you're pretty good at it too. We can just go on for, for a while. And there's a fine line between being heard and empathy, between giving Satan glory, putting him in a position of a king. When the greater reality, the behold, I'm making all things new, isn't just for then, it's also for now. And it comes down into hope. See, the individuals, when one of their workers is no longer going to make them money, their hope started to change, it said, because their hope was in that. And you have Paul and Silas, their hope is, hey, whoa, whoa, we're saved. God is great. He's making all things new. We're going to tell more people that they can be saved, the greatest miracle, that dead in sin can be made alive in Christ, that there's no more fear of death or sting of it, that the, the tombstone we see is just, just kind of like a, a stepping stone now, entering into this new life forever. It comes down to how we see the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Is it just for then and when, or did it come down now? And how does it respond with hope? Is it hopeful or hopeless? In the book, I heard that verbiage, hopeful and hopeless. And it was so interesting. It's as if that word came alive, the phrase came alive to me. It hadn't come alive in a way like that before. Hopeful, because you can say it fast, hopeful or hopeless. Hopeful or hopeless. On this journey, here's what Satan wants to rob us of. Our hope. Because if we are void of hope and we're not full of hope, we'll be hopeless and have no type of energy to then bring the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven here and near today. And what is, ah, well, maybe one day. Maybe God could use me. I don't know. We get challenged by this. This is why a lot of the vices begin to happen in our life. But we must remember that Satan... It's all been borrowed on loan for him. In Ephesians 2, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Think of that. Prince of the air. Well, obtain some type of right, but not a king. Because there's only one king. So the king at any given time can come and just punk the prince out. But the king, for whatever the mystery is of this great battle, is okay with letting, okay, Satan, you do your thing for a minute. Because my kids, the ones that are redeemed, the kingdom of heaven, how it comes and flows through them, oh, they're going to point to my goodness. They're going to proclaim the salvation of the Lord. They're going to talk about love, mercy, and kindness all the days of their life. Because they've been saved by grace, so that they're going to want to extend grace. And they're going to be praying things like this. On earth as it is in heaven. Let's say things differently. Call it down. Not our will be done, but your will be done. So the praise and the praise gets louder and louder and louder and louder. Now, don't be deceived. Satan has power. He has power. But he's not the final ruler. But in Acts 19, he has some type of power that there's these sons of Sceva. 
Seven sons of Jewish high priests named Sceva were doing this. They were out trying to do this miracle thing. And the evil spirits answered them, Jesus I know, Paul I recognize, but who are you? And then the man in whom this evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, overpowered them, so just as they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Okay, when an evil spirit attacks us, none of us have been, I haven't heard the story yet. But this is the type of battle they faced because they tried to do it in their own power. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. How do we even fight darkness? It's make much of the greatest one that's in us. It's talk about Jesus, see Jesus, and it gives us confidence. See, when they were in jail, they weren't even praying or singing, knowing the outcome. They were praying and singing just because God was good. And it wasn't just one day he'll make all things new. It was that they were made new now. I just wonder what it could look like if we really believed that heaven wasn't just then, but heaven is now. Because Satan, he's been saying it since the beginning. Did God really say? Is he enough? Come on, watch this TV show. Is he enough? Did he really say he'll provide a full life now? Wait, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. He gives us a spirit, his presence forever, comforter, healer. And Satan wants to destroy that all the time. So how do we fight? Let's turn up the volume of heaven. Exalt Jesus the king. We can't hide anymore. We got to come out. But as we turn on the light, it exposes some things. But it's beautiful. Matthew 16, 17 through 19, Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so uh, this is one of the greatest mysteries ever. We absolutely possess authority. We absolutely are a key contributor in this great story of what God is doing, and we have rights and privileges to bring heaven down now and to bind things now, and so we're agents. We need to accept that, walk into that. I think we're giving the enemy so much ground in our marriages, our families, our friends, and our, how we see things on the daily just because of how we're thinking, how we're talking. Talk to somebody this week. We were using the phrase stinking thinking. I said, I've never heard that before. Well, I just assumed everybody had heard that. And so one of the things that even Satan was trying to get me kind of mute to was to dilute me to think everybody knows that this kingdom of heaven operates. Everybody should know this battle. Everybody, but wait. No, no, no. We don't know. We have to be reminded all the time. You know the best truth tellers? You know what they are? The best storytellers? They tell you ones you already know, and they remind you of something that you've already convinced yourself of at a previous time. So hopefully today, this is like a rally. I'm already convinced of Jesus. Amen. But now I'm more excited to serve him tomorrow. I'm more excited to serve him now. That's why we gather. And if you don't know him, then, man, are you kidding me? You don't want to get whooped, naked, whipped out of this place by a demon. No. 
It's God's goodness that brings people to repentance, not fear. I love that. I love that. The reason I love the verbiage that Jesus chooses here, because gates are not an offensive weapon. Hell is not on the offense. God is. When sin entered the world, we are unable, will be unable to ever make ourselves right with God. There's nothing more humbling. That you and me, we can't make it right. What do I got to do? Nothing. You'll never be able to do it right. Come on. What do I got to wear? What does it matter? Oh, I hope my good outweighs my bad. Ah, good luck with that one. Who are you comparing yourself to? Well, Hitler. Ah. Well, my neighbor. Ah. Jesus. Oh, no. I can't do that. All right, well, just compare yourself to Gandhi. Oh, I can't do that. Well, then, then I guess Gandhi should decide. Jesus is the master. He's the final say, and he's what holiness looks like. And we all fall short to the glory of God. And so that's kind of refreshing because it's big, humble pie. We eat it. Hmm. All of us are in the same boat. Some of us, we have more watches. Some of us, we have more land. I didn't know we'd all be in the same thing. We're facing judgment, and as Jesus steps in as our eternity, or as our attorney for eternity, he becomes the payment in full for the debt we owe. So we're hopeful in the payment that he did full. And so Jesus, when he pays something, it's full, and it's full now. So when he pours, this is living waters, I'll give you water and you'll never thirst again. There'll be bread that you'll eat and you'll never be hungry again. Why? It's because this kingdom of heaven, this kingdom of God is so powerful, but it's flowing from our inside. We need a metamorphosis, a transformation, and the renewal of our mind daily, daily. So what information actually goes in is very, 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 very important. Because if we talked about how bad our week was, I'm sure we all could just be like, it's way harder for me to tell you all the great things that have happened this week. All things new comes now. Philippians 3.20 says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. Anyone who knows the beautiful process of aging This should be very, very cool. By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself, the king, the king, the king. There's a clip here from Field of Dreams, and I think it's cool as we get ready to close. Catch a good game. Thank you. So beautiful here. For me, well, for me, it's like a dream come true. Can I ask you something? Is, is this heaven? It's Iowa. Iowa?
Is there a heaven? Oh, yeah. It's the place dreams come true. I've watched it a few times now. I keep thinking of different angles. Um, you know, is this, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Is this heaven? No, it's Lansing. And is there a heaven? Oh, absolutely. What's it like? It's a place where dreams come true. And he looks around. Well, maybe this is heaven. Isn't there a lot of dreams that are coming true in our life, though, if we start to really focus on it? Hasn't God done so much in us? Isn't his grace so beautiful? I thank God for Paul and Silas's leadership, that, that inspiration to be beaten, to not get any pay, to, to choose a low route would um, just be met with a response of thankfulness in God. I don't always give you some application, but if there was... Because I, I feel like there could be people that say, well, I want this all things new now all the time. I want this new reality. I'm sick of the darkness getting my thoughts and my words. And, and it seems that it's attracting things. What I'm looking for is, is, is God. But what I, it seems like what's kind of captivated most of my attention is the prince of the airwaves. And I don't want that anymore. And I think there's a few things we could do and that has been super helpful for me. Is the first thing is a thankful heart. Maybe you've heard this phrase, an attitude of gratitude. You're like, oh, that's nice. You know, like sometimes when I hear these things, I'm like, that's cool for you. But if you pause for a minute, think about it. If you know Jesus today, the greatest miracle that will ever take place took place in you, took place in me. We've been made brand new now and forever. That's really cool. That's a sign, that's a wonder. And you stop and think, well, what has he given me? How do I steward that? Huh. And then you recognize who's in control and who's the real owner and what we have on loan. We get to point to his worth and in, in, in his beauty. So the way we face problems, it's living with the end in mind gives a lot of hope for today. So heaven then, but heaven now. Heaven in Lansing now. Heaven in this region now. Secondly, I would say the Word of God, because it lasts forever. In the beginning was the Word, and it will go on forever. The Word will last. God spoke, and then it was. He created His Word. He's revealed His nature, and uh, He uses experience but his character, and I love when Jesus shows up on the scene because he's fully God, fully man, but he's quoting the word. He's actually uh, counteracting 
the temptations of Satan and his kingdom with the word. So as we get filled with the word in our life, we then have power over darkness. Three, praise and prayer. One of the stereotypes of making hip hop music is that you listen to hip hop music. People are like, oh, you listen to a lot of rap? No. Hip hop music is cool, but it's nothing like worship music. Now there is some hip hop music that's like worship music. That's cool too. But worship music that just exalts Jesus, 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 because Jesus is the only way we can fight these demons. Jesus is the only way we can fight these situations. Jesus is the only ruler that we're gonna praise and it's gonna be so amazing. His glory is gonna fill the temple, the new city. There's gonna be no more darkness. Let's just turn on the light. Turn on the light. Anyone ever converted to daylight bulbs yet in your house? There's levels to light. The greatest light whoever finds is exalting Jesus in every situation. So that's why the study of him and the study of the next life is so important because if we just think Jesus is just trying to catch us up, like, God, take me out of here. No, he's trying to send us now. We won't have that opportunity in heaven to change and transform and praise him through the pain of this world, the horrors of mankind. I think a way that we can kind of ignite that is by praising him and praying to him. And you know what prayer, I would say it's simply this, communicating to God and becoming more like him. Why well, don't I give him a bunch of things that I want? Come on, no one wants to be caught up uh, in a relationship that you, every time you get together, it's just, okay, what do you want? That's contractual. You wanna become more like the person you're in love with. Isn't that beautiful? And then four, I would say mission. Mission is so important. Um, it keeps us alive. We have a purpose, friends. You have a pulse, you have a purpose. We have a mission. What does that look like? Proclaiming good news everywhere we go. Working unto the Lord in our jobs. Loving our kids unto the Lord. And when we mess up, repent. Say sorry. And get back up all the time. That we have this ultimate one and a short-term one. This life is short. But if we remember who our shepherd is, we're absolutely dependent on him for food, for shelter, for protection. And he is our shepherd that will lead us in all things. As we close, we're gonna just spend some time in worship. And I hope that as you kind of enter in and you would feel God maybe changing your perspective, taking it from all the dark that's happening and just try to turn on some light in some area. We can exercise this. God, I'm thankful for these things. Your word says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You're worthy. You're amazing. And then you're praying throughout that. God, what's mission today? How can I change my perspective? I remember being at a prayer rally one time and the preacher said something that transformed my life. He's like, we spend so much time casting out the kingdom of darkness instead of just bringing in Jesus. And every time Jesus comes in, darkness wants to flee. So we're not even gonna give Satan any more airplay here. We're just gonna exalt Jesus and watch his light dispel all the darkness.
God, have your way this morning. You love your people. You love us all. God, as we worship, we exalt you. You're the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Have your place. Have your way. Be seated on the throne. We worship you. God, we are all things new. We are that. We are a people that's been set apart. Pour out love and mercy and forgiveness and kindness and grace into us. God, that we would be focused on everything that you're doing and who you are. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.